0: Hi all, welcome to The Exploding Head and let me ask you right away, if you've heard about what's been happening in Israel and by that I mean massive, massive, massive protests that have been taking place for months now, protests against the government's desire to limit the independence in a way, the power of the country's courts, the country's Supreme Court, basically saying we don't want you to have a certain right to block a certain kind of legislations that we might want to pass. To put it in a very simple language, the government is in the process and is doing it successfully. They just passed the first set of laws to actually do it successfully to limit the power of courts, which is something that for democracies, in democracies, is something very alarming. And it is actually alarming in Israel. And what I will do in my episode, I will do a couple of things. I will start in a very nerdy way. I'm (laughs) very sorry. And I will talk about how democracy is defined by political science. Like what political science, social sciences say about democracy and what's happening in Israel. What is this process and where we can place it. So that's going to be the first part of my episode. And the second one is not just an addition, not just some points that I have to mention, It's what's happening. It's very important. And that is two things. One, the question, can we call Israel a democracy in the first place? And why is it so? And the second one is the violence that we've been seeing in the protests, how the Israeli state forces have been treating people, Israelis within, within Israel, and what is the context of the violence? Where do we know that violence from? I thought this would be a short episode. It's not gonna be, I'm very sorry, but it's very dense and I'm sure you'll like it. So thank you for being here and let me begin. I will begin by saying that in the very description of this episode, I'm pointing to some amazing resources where Israeli and international journalists are actually deconstructing what's been happening, uh, what the laws are, how they're being passed, um, and just various details about how the system is functioning and how exactly the country, uh, the government and majority, it seems, uh, wants to change it. But let me wrap it, let me wrap it into something uh, that is contextual, I think, very important. And from that context, we're going to jump into something very specific uh, and very specific to Israel itself. So when we talk about democracy or authoritarianism, it's interesting to remember or to know (laughs) that in political science, there is actually no one single definition of democracy. What you have there, you can go from something very broad, like electoral democracy, meaning that people are allowed to vote. And if you just take that as some kind of a standard, then we can say, well, we should care if the elections are fair, and then you should still kind of go into detail. That's why it's a very broad description in a way saying, hey, a country has elections, right? And then you can go the other way around, and we find what could be called democracy with adjectives. We have different types of democracies, how different scholars... Uh, or you know schools of thought would describe what a democracy is, what really makes it, uh, and there we have a definitions of concepts like liberal democracy, so something that more uh, extensive. Uh, for example, how is the press doing? How are certain minorities doing? Right. So, so there are some definitions that are I would like to be what we like to think of when we think of democracy. But the point is there is no one definition, and I think that that that's a bit not complicated, but it's interesting. And what I'm doing, actually, I'm also pointing to my own article that I've released some years ago already, which is still relevant. And it's called Is Your Country Slipping Into Authoritarianism? Here's a checklist. So I talk about exactly that in my article. I'm just going to link it here. And what I talk about is some kind of a spectrum, right? So even if we have no one single definition of democracy, we can still see the signs (laughs) ring the bell of a country slipping into authoritarianism and that can be several things maybe the press the media is completely nationalized and there's no space for independent media or any voices of dissent for example maybe the government is using external forces or forces that are used for external protection like the army for internal control like suppressing protests so there is also a list right even if we have to navigate very sort of broad and unclear definitions of what a democracy is we can actually see a list of things that are telling us that you know what it's moving away from it right it's on a spectrum between some kind of a perfect imaginary democracy to some really horrible authoritarian regime it's moving towards the the horrible authoritarian regime and one of the things that is very important for any democracy that we would call a function democracy would be the separation of powers. So you'd have the legislature, you have a body that passes, you know, creates laws. You would have the government, the one that enacts those laws. I'm simplifying a lot here. And then you have the courts, the judiciary. And so these three branches ideally should be quite separate. And we had, for example, in Poland, some years ago, there was this big scandal and then other scandals around it where the government basically reduced the independence of the court so how people get appointed I believe to the courts who controls that and what kind of powers the courts have and I'm linking to more resources about that uh, but Poland was I don't want to say like in big trouble but it was kind of in a trouble because the, the EU was saying well this is not entirely democratic and then Poland had its own battles <laughs> let's say with the eu so i'm gonna to link to that but basically if we see that anywhere that the power of the judiciary because the judiciary is supposed to sort of oversee what the other branches are doing so there should be those checks and balances right something that makes a democratic country more or less democratic let's say so that's the the role of the judiciary to kind of provide extra oversight and if the other branches of the government saying you know what we're gonna maybe we're going to elect the judges or we're going to, if we're going to strip them from some of their powers, that is alarming and that should be alarming anywhere. And that is exactly what's happening in Israel. And this is why the people were protesting or at least the, I would say probably vast majority of people were protesting. So when you see that, when you see some attempts by the government to kind of reduce the power of the courts, that should be alarming, and it's not a small deal. And talking about specifically Israel, once again, I'm linking to some really good, informative, like straight to the point, amazing resources. You will learn that first law that was passed, it's removing, or it's now in the process of removing uh, one specific power, the Supreme Court, that grants it permission to block a law based on what is called The reasonableness standard from the word reasonable. So the instances when the court would say, you know what? Oh, we're trying to appoint someone who's kind of involved in corruption scandals, (laughs) you know, or is being uh, investigated, which is an actual case. And as you will see in these amazing resources that I'm I'm linking to, there is another category of laws that were blocked by the Supreme Court that relates to how the Israeli government wanted in those specific cases wanted to treat its Palestinian residents I mean people have second or third class IDs right so cannot even say residents not to say that the Israeli courts have been very favorable towards the Palestinians and this this is where we have to go from that broad kind of general uh contextualization of what's happening when talk about democracies and yes uh when courts are losing their power and very intentionally right that that is alarming that is a big deal and i'm not diminishing that so i'm not saying but i'm saying and (laughs) and in a way i'm saying but actually in Israel's case, there are two points, two very important points we have to point to, we really cannot forget, because it's not even context, it's a part of that. It's a part of what's happening. And that is, I remember actually my political science classes, I mentioned political science, that is my the area of my academic training, I remember I was wondering, I was learning about how regimes let's say our countries can be classified according to what and saying okay so democracy is this democracy is that you know these are the the definitions the categories i would think but i don't see any definition that would have at least an asterisk maybe or some kind of a clause saying if a country is militarily occupying other people or colonizing them settler colonialism if a country with mechanisms and government structures that do seem democratic if it's colonizing another people if it's militarily occupying land with what with whom with people if these people live under military rule they cannot vote people in the west bank and gaza they cannot vote in the israeli elections do you think The occupier would let the people who are being occupied vote and maybe say, we wouldn't like to be occupied. That that wouldn't seem right in this whole situation that is very wrong (laughs) to begin with. So if the part of your political entity, your country, your territory, if they have very few rights, they live under a military law, they cannot vote in your elections, if They're still being ethnically cleansed from their homes, being made refugees for the third, fourth, fifth time. And I'm not exaggerating here. If you are the one controlling their borders, you are the one who's saying you're not going to have an airport. We're going to control your exports. We're going to control your imports. Even American citizens who are Palestinian, we're going to make it very difficult or impossible for them to fly to Tel Aviv. So we have to fly to Jordan as the closest, you know, to Amman. If you are controlling and oppressing a part of the people who are a part of what? Of your political entity. Are you really a democracy? And I don't want to use a silly metaphor, but I think I have to. (laughs) So if you have a house, which some people would say in this metaphor would be kind of stolen and you already evicted many people from the house forcefully, and you also keep some of the people in a room that's completely locked, controlled by you, but the rest of the people in the house, they're kind of okay. Is everyone okay then? And if you tell those people who are locked in the room saying, you know what, you elect someone among yourselves, look, you're going to have some kind of government. So cool. Will we have autonomy? Can we decide things for ourselves? Oh, no, no. Oh, that's still controlled by us. It's for the silly metaphor because it's not a silly situation. And it's a situation of great suffering, of great suffering for decades of injustice that's ongoing, of violence that's been just increasing, especially this year. So it's not a silly situation at all. But so do you call that a democracy? And in this case, you know what? I don't need to look for that definition in different scientific articles, you know, in social science or political science. It's not a democracy if it's not a democracy for all. And that is not controversial to say, I don't think. So let's not make it controversial when we talk about Palestine. So that was the first point. And that point can be very beautifully summarized by a point that Mahdi Hassan made, a journalist, a political analyst. And that was still as the protests were happening in Israel. And when he was looking at who's protesting, are people maybe protesting against a system of apartheid that creates second, third class citizens with fewer or no rights? Also, not a not a quality of democracy you probably agree unless you thought that South Africa in the 80s was like a beacon of democracy look the only democracy in the region maybe people like to say uh he was saying there is no saving of israeli democracy there is no israeli democracy without freedom for the occupied palestinians and if you're on board with the very basic notion that Democracy means some kind of a self-governing and voting, at least. Let's take some minimum definition, very basic definition of democracy. Not even that. Israel fails to be called a democracy, even if we take the most basic definition of it. Unless you say that, ah, you know, as long as, for example, I know it's going to sound absurd now, but only men can vote, only people who are rich can vote, which is something we used to kind of have in the past in some countries, right? But these are not the standards today. And if it's a standard, we have to apply it equally. And it even doesn't matter. So, but how are Palestinians self-governing in that room that you're locked in? Maybe they're not very democratic. You know what? That doesn't matter. Because we're talking about the broader structure of the occupier, the entity that's occupying other people. And to say that, well, but inside of the occupied territories. Do you think it's great? I don't think it's great. But that's not a reason to illegally occupy and ethnically cleanse people. That's not a justification. So that was the first point. The second point is that it was scary to see how the Israeli government was treating Israeli protesters, not only just A minority with Palestinian flags saying, well, if we're protesting something, maybe we shouldn't have a legal system of apartheid. Maybe you should stop ethnically cleansing people because some of our people in the region that we control are living under very miserable conditions. Very unjust, very violent, imposed by the Israeli government. And I have plenty of podcast episodes and articles just on these mechanisms of oppression, of military occupation and others. So how the Israeli forces were treating Israeli protesters has been quite violent and is violent now as the protests continue. And you see people being, you know, pushed by the Israeli police or a different kind of force. You see people uh, being water hosed from, let's say like a barricade. So it is getting violent. And no matter what you think about Israel and Palestine, I would like to believe that you don't want to see peaceful protesters to be treated with violence. But it's very difficult not to think that, of course. And look, the majority, the vast majority of the Israeli society has been to its army, right? Only the people who maybe couldn't serve or were the conscientious objectors, they didn't. But the vast majority did. And I don't want to blame people here, because honestly, if I had been born in the Israeli society, I don't know if I could have escaped the... You know the state narrative really and we know that the mainstream media is not really showing Israelis how violent its policies especially in the occupied territories right in Palestine are but so the vast majority of the people have been to the army and a lot of them you would assume they have seen how violently Israeli forces behave in the West Bank. Maybe they were the people who were behaving violently, brutally in the West Bank and you know, bombing Gaza maybe. That violence, like the Great March of Return 2018, 2019 in Gaza where people were peacefully walking towards the, the barricade, let's say the, the wall with Israel, right? So it was a wave of massive uh, grassroots protests. We see people of different ages, right? You see kids. And we have documented, and in that protest, people saying, can we protest peacefully? The answer was no. And we saw cases, documented cases of Israeli snipers gunning down unarmed, peaceful protesters who are posing no threat to them. They're just gunning them down. We saw medics who were trying to help the protesters shot and killed. Kids being targeted. Kids in protest being targeted by snipers this is the violence and that's not to mention the daily violence of course and we have only this year it's becoming another deadliest year in a row for the kids in palestine in the west bank this is what israeli forces are capable of when it's directed at palestinians and that's being done with impunity in the recent raids just in the past couple months a palestinian girl a teenager that was shot in the head by an israeli sniper as she was on her rooftop and there was no punishment you can you can do that in the army as a sniper you can shoot a kid in the head a kid that poses no threat to you once again because that's a kid on her rooftop so this is the force this is the brutality that we talk about and i'm not gonna say that immediately we're gonna see that that kind of intensity that kind of brutality being used against israeli protesters because the government i would like to believe cares because it's still for some people, it is a democracy. For some people, they will be electing their representatives. So, you know, democracy for some, right? There's a book with a similar title, Justice for Some by Nora Arakat. So that force, we know its potential. And obviously, a big factor is that, once again, people can still vote in Israel so there is some accountability you would like to believe. And if something happens, something very brutal happens in protests within Israel, I would like to hope, I really like to hope that there will be at least accountability there. But that violence, we've seen it, we know it's real. And for some Palestinian families, it's so real. They don't have family members anymore. That's, that's how real it is. So these two points, the Israeli democracy and the potential violence with which protests might be suppressed in Israel, it's a real concern. I don't want to sensationalize and say, we're going to see that. We're going to see that level of violence. But it, it is scary, right, when we know how that violence looks already, because we've seen so much of it. And if there is hope, that hope would be that, yes, there is a small small minority of the protesters in Israel saying that, well, if we're trying to save an Israeli democracy, Israel cannot exist as it's existing now, and we cannot be a real democracy if we keep still a legal system of apartheid, if we continue oppressing what five million people and militarily occupy them and and continue to siege on Gaza and just deny people their basic rights and then say these people are a threat. So as journalists in Israel are saying that there is a bit of a light coming through that rupture. And if there's that hope that more people will start seeing it and more people will will know and understand what's happening in Israel, because obviously the mainstream media is not it's not showing the state crimes so maybe more people will start demanding a real a real democracy that people everywhere (laughs) deserve but which cannot exist when you're excluding a population that you deem to be inferior deemed to be the enemy and someone who has to be controlled and locked down i too hope that that happens i hope that there is that rupture that those meaningful changes in the israeli society That more people start demanding rights, not just for themselves, but for the other. Because that is the point, right? That is the point of democracy. And it's not just about me and my rights, but does everyone have it? And what's the state of their rights? I would like to be hopeful. And I think being hopeful, that's the only way to move forward. And if we lose that, then what do we do? What do we do, really? So... If you're listening, thank you so much. That gives me even more hope that people are interested. People are curious. People want to know that people don't take democracy lightly. And that people don't think that some people deserve it and some don't. So thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Check out the article that goes in my podcast episode there. You will learn and hear from people who know much more than I do on this specific topic, and it's definitely going to be worth your time. So thank you so much.